Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. I'm grateful to live in Canada, a country where I can choose my death, but the law has forced me to play a cruel game of chicken. I would like nothing more than to make it to Christmas, but if I become incompetent along the way, I will lose out on my choice of a beautiful, peaceful, and best of all, pain-free death. Four years ago this February, a historic Supreme Court of Canada decision overturned the prohibition of medically assisted deaths. But advocates say we still have a lot further to go. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. My fellow Canadians, my name is Audrey Parker. Two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer that had metastasized in most of my skeleton. I knew when I got that awful news, I had to make a really big decision. Would I live my life in fear? Or would I try to make every day of the rest of my life the best it could possibly be? And that is exactly what I did. I am pleased to say that accepting my death really allowed me to live my life on my own terms. That voice you're hearing, that's the voice of Audrey Parker. She's a Halifax woman who pushed to change the rules around medically assisted dying in this country. I'm asking you to speak out for the rights of suffering Canadians who, like me, have already been assessed and approved for medical assistance in dying, or we call it MADE. I'm grateful to live in Canada, a country where I can choose my death, but the law has forced me to play a cruel game of chicken. I would like nothing more than to make it to Christmas, but if I become incompetent along the way, I will lose out on my choice of a beautiful, peaceful, and best of all, pain-free death. That is why I've decided to leave this week on November 1st. Audrey passed away in November of 2018. To explain Audrey's story and what changes advocates want to see to Canada's assisted dying laws, I had a conversation with Shanaz Gokul, the CEO of an organization called Dying with Dignity Canada. Medical assistance in dying uh, is a new medical treatment which allows Canadians who have intolerable suffering and meet a very sort of set of strict eligibility criteria to have an assisted death with a a clinician, a doctor, or a nurse practitioner. And when did Canada first introduce a law approving medically-assisted dying, at least in some form? Because it is relatively new, right? Definitely. 
on February 6th of 2015, the Supreme Court of Canada in their Carter decision created actually the sort of the impetus for the federal legislation on assisted dying and that passed in Parliament in June of 2016. So we've only had assisted dying really for the last three years in our country. And I imagine that we must be one of the few countries in the world that has something like medically assisted dying. Yes, uh, there's I think just over uh, a dozen jurisdictions, including some U.S. states, that now currently have assisted dying. And one of the primary distinctions in, in Canada is that uh, we have both clinician-administered through an IV or self-administration where a person can receive a script for pharmaceuticals and they can uh, ingest the medications themselves. Most people are opting in Canada for a clinician administered, but having those two options really ensures that people who are incredibly frail and vulnerable and who perhaps can't self-ingest can also have the option through clinician administered. So why is it that more countries haven't adopted some form of medically assisted dying? I think it's obvious to acknowledge that there is some controversy around it. Well, I, you know, I think there is, but I think the controversy tends to be um, similar as it, as it has been in Canada in that, you know, most of the country, 85% of Canadians uh, support medical assistance in dying, uh, but there was a resistance um, from politicians and I would say that's been pretty much the case in every other jurisdiction that has assisted dying and other jurisdictions that are advocating where you've got groups like Dying with Dignity Canada, you know, our sister organizations advocating for assisted dying. This is something that people really believe in, especially in Western democracies, similar backgrounds. And I think that part of the reticence around assisted dying is not understanding, one, you know, for our organization, we use a human rights lens to look at assisted dying. And when you look at it that way, you understand that this is about suffering. It's about autonomy, being able to decide what to do with your own body, and fundamentally about choice. And I think that in the years ahead, there will be a number of other jurisdictions that will introduce either uh, legislation or through the courts in their countries um, the ability to have an assisted death so that people can have more control over their end of life, but also that they can choose to end intolerable suffering if that's what they want. Now, there are definitely um, some groups that oppose assisted dying. They're very vocal, but they oppose a lot of other other anti-choice in general, I would say. And then when we look at the medical community in Canada, the medical community wasn't so supportive in the beginning for medical assistance in dying, But even in a fairly short time, we've seen the Canadian Medical Association advocate for compassion when it comes to assisted dying internationally. So there's been, you know, a slow change happening in that community. And I think that, you know, when we look at the polling, and we've done polling with Ipsos Reid in 2014 and 2016, this is an issue that cuts across a number of different variables, you know, political affiliations, professional sort of designations, people who self-identify in certain religious groups, the polling numbers indicate that, you know, people from so many different backgrounds support assisted dying. And my background is as a human rights activist. And so when I look at the numbers, it's very unique to see so much support for um, this kind of human right. And I think it's uh, the reason is sort of very 
it's very personal and very intimate because everyone is going to have to deal with their end of life and the ends of, you know, the lives of the people that they love the most around them. And I think when something comes so close to home, as it will with all of us, there's a different relationship with this issue. And I think that explains why Canadians are so supportive. And hopefully in the time ahead, we'll see politicians at the federal level and at the provincial levels doing so much more to make sure that we're not excluding groups of people arbitrarily and that we can improve access to medical assistance in dying so that whether you're in you know one part of the country or the other part, the access and the process will be similar. Right. So where do we stand right now then with the rules and the laws around medically assisted dying in Canada? Because from what I understand, not everybody can access it. Right. So the, the current legislation, Bill C-14, has a very restrictive and what we think unconstitutional uh, list of eligibility criteria. The Supreme Court's decision was pretty clear that uh, consenting adults who are consenting to the end of their lives, who have a grievous and irremediable medical condition that causes them intolerable and enduring suffering, are able to have an assisted death with the help of a clinician. Federal legislation varies dramatically from the Supreme Court's decision and puts various restrictions. And the one that's most controversial is that a person, in order to have a grievous and irremediable medical condition to be eligible for medical assistance in dying, must be in a state where their natural death is reasonably foreseeable. And for a lot of people, this is a problem because it excludes people who have chronic suffering that can you know, cause them suffering for decades where they could still live for decades. And this piece of the law is being challenged in Quebec and also in BC. Dying with Dignity Canada is intervening in both, in both cases. We think that this particular provision excludes people that the Carter decision, the Supreme Court's decision, meant to include when they came down with the decision in 2015. So there are definitely issues with the current law, and there are other people who are excluded from accessing an assisted death, mature minors who already have the right to make life-ending medical decisions for themselves, people whose sole underlying condition is mental illness, and the exclusions that are of most concern to our organization is the exclusion of advanced requests for dementia and the exclusions for people like Audrey Parker who've already been assessed, approved, and found eligible to have an assisted death but are at high risk of losing capacity. And the law requires in the moments before a clinician provides an assisted death, you must have capacity. So these two issues around assessed and approved medical assistance in dying and advanced requests for dementia, we believe unfairly discriminates against people because of their diagnosis and because of the precariousness of their medical condition. And the federal government has to amend the legislation to ensure that we have inclusive legislation that restores and respects the rights of all Canadians, but that also has safeguards recognizing there are different vulnerabilities with different groups of people who are excluded. Coming up later in this episode. No one should have to face a decision like this. People like me who've already been assessed and approved are dying earlier than necessary because of this poorly thought out law. 
You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe online now. Can you introduce us to who Audrey Parker is or was? Because her case became very well known to Canadians. Yes, well, Audrey, the woman from Halifax who had stage four breast cancer, and the cancer spread into her bones and into her brain. I can assure you that no one chooses death lightly. We just don't want to suffer anymore. Anyone who is suffering like I am, you can't even imagine the level of pain that I endure. She was at high risk of losing capacity, and she was eligible for an assisted death. And in September, Audrey went to the media. She was a, a one-woman media storm, you know, talking about how unfair it was that she had to pick a date to die, uh, November the 1st, but she really wanted to live for one more Christmas. No one should have to face a decision like this. People like me who've already been assessed and approved are dying earlier than necessary because of this poorly thought out law. You know, she was at such risk of losing capacity because of the way the cancer had spread through her body. She was worried if she waited any longer, she'd lose the right altogether to an assisted death. I'm grateful to live in Canada, a country where I can choose my death, but the law has forced me to play a cruel game of chicken. I would like nothing more than to make it to Christmas, but if I become incompetent along the way, I will lose out on my choice of a beautiful, peaceful, and best of all, pain-free death. That is why I've decided to leave this week on November 1st. And, you know, Audrey, I think, did two really profound things. And the first was she made it easy and created a safe space um, for people all across the country to have conversations around death and dying and end of life and values and wishes. And I often heard, have you heard about that woman in Halifax? And so she really created a wonderful entry point for people to engage in really meaningful discussions, you know, sure about medical assistance and dying, but about so much more. But the second thing that Audrey Parker did, and this was incredibly profound, and was a real paradigm shift for our, our organization, was in my first call with Audrey back in October. Uh, she kept referring to her situation um, as her category. People in my category, as it relates to medical assistance and dying, people in my category, this is so unfair, and I'm listening to her and I'm thinking her category. What's her category? And then it hit me. I said, well, your category is assessed and approved. And she's like, well, that's exactly right. And if you lose capacity, you should be able to go ahead to have the assisted death. You've already done the comprehensive assessments. That's exactly right. And so what was fascinating about that was that, you know, when the government passed Bill C-14 in 2016, they issued a backgrounder about potential charter impacts uh, for people uh, who may be excluded from the legislation in some of the categories I've listed above, and also for people in Audrey's situation. And what everyone in the entire country missed, and I say that, you know, with with a bit of surprise, because we missed it as well, was what 
Audrey Parker helped me see in the first call I had with her is that, you know, this her story shifted something that was very abstract and conceptual, potential charter impact to a real person in front of us, you know, who's choosing to end their lives too early with medical assistance and dying. And then you have this aha moment. That's not a potential charter impact. It is a severe and grave violation of her Section 7 rights to life, liberty, security of the person. She's choosing because she feels forced to to end her life, you know, weeks too early uh, because she was worried about losing the right altogether. And, you know, there have been many other Audrey Parkers, and they're, they're every month. There are Audrey Parkers all across the country, people who are making the decision to end their lives too early for fear of losing capacity and losing the right. People who are denying themselves badly needed pain medication because they're worried that they won't have capacity because the meds they need to control their pain is so strong. And then people who who have an assisted death planned but then end up uh, dying uh, without the assisted death uh, when the you know, clinician comes to provide it only to find out the person has lost capacity. So, you know, we're trying as an organization to really respect Audrey's legacy and calling for Audrey's amendment so that other people and family and friends don't find themselves in the same position that she did where she was forced to make the cruel choice to end her life earlier than she wanted. Do you think that now we're able to put more faces onto these clauses or cases that we will start to see a change in the rules around medically assisted dying? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that our organization does is we help people share their stories either through the media or through our blog. And, you know, what's fascinating for me about assisted dying was that um, back in back in 2014, you know, we could say there were two organizations that owned, I use that term very loosely, owned the issue of assisted dying, Dying with Dignity Canada and the BC Civil Liberties Association who took the Carter case to the Supreme Court. But since assisted dying has been legalized, and there are many, you know, many groups of experts that are part of this space now, uh, medical experts, uh, people uh, in the legal community, a number of academics, uh, you know, people who study this now. But, you know, and while all of their work is really important in understanding the reporting and the statistics, very, very important, the real driver now with medical assistance in dying are the people who should own uh, the issue, the public. And so I think that you know, Audrey Parker uh, forced us all to look at and gaze upon her and ask ourselves the question, is there something wrong with legislation that allows for assisted dying that's supposed to end intolerable suffering that causes so much more suffering when people are put in the position to end their lives too early? We're looking for a very narrow amendment that would impact hundreds of people in this particular situation. And I think that, you know, for all of the other exclusions, and especially when we look at advanced requests for dementia, recognizing that there are hundreds of thousands of people in this country who are living and dying with various types of dementia or other degenerative neurological conditions. You know, we have to ask ourselves for that issue, the issue of mature minors, 
people whose sole underlying condition is mental illness. Is it okay to discriminate because we're uncomfortable? And I think the answer has to be no, and that we have to move towards inclusive legislation with specific safeguards that recognizes the vulnerabilities you know, of these different groups of people. But we have to start at a place of inclusion and that the legislators have to do their job and respect the rights of Canadians. My last wish is that you, my fellow Canadians, that you will help people who've been assessed and approved to live without fear of their rights being taken away. You can get involved by contacting Dying with Dignity Canada, fabulous organization working on the front lines to defend your end-of-life rights. And I also encourage you to tell your Member of Parliament to restore the rights of Canadians in my category who've been assessed and approved already. Finally, I would like to thank everyone who has filled my life with joy over the past two and a half years. By supporting me, you have made it possible for me to use my story to help others. It has been one of the most satisfying experiences of all my life. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and a podcast. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts, including CuriousCast.ca. Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends about us as well. We're on Twitter at This Is Why. And you can always send us an email, thisiswhy at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.